Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 13 of Genesis chapter 8. And we're going to begin reading in verse 8 of Genesis 8. And it says, Also he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark. For the waters were on the face of the whole earth, Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark. And he stayed yet other seven days. And again, he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came in to him in the evening. And lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. And he stayed yet other seven days and sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him any more. Well, we're sort of um, looking at a different track. We concentrated on baptism for a time. But now we want to take a step back and look at this in another way. And we, we were discussing last time how the dove represents the Holy Spirit. And that's the same spiritual meaning that we had understood before in relationship to baptism. But... We saw that when the dove went into the ark at the beginning of the flood and the door was shut upon all the creatures and the people inside the ark, that the dove was likewise shut up. And again, the dove pictured the Holy Spirit. Outside of the ark, really, it was the picture that God's Holy Spirit was no longer working. Because the Holy Spirit, typified by the dove, had entered into the ark. So all that was left for every living creature or every everyone with a breath of life outside of the ark was death and destruction. It, It was to experience the judgment of God, nothing else. There was no salvation of any kind, was there? Let let let's ask that question. When the door shut, when God shut him in and everyone else in, as a result, was there any deliverance of any kind for any creature with the breath of life? We we know all men died. Every human being died. What about bears? What about elephants and and what about all the fowls of the air all the birds what about all the doves they all died every one of them they all perished and, and that's the point of the dove typifying the holy spirit going into the ark was that once judgment day came and again the equivalent was may 21 2011 when the door of heaven shut Once Judgment Day arrived, then 
the operation or the work of the Holy Spirit in delivering or providing salvation would cease. And and just as the dove was on board the ark and, and no longer flying around the earth, likewise the Holy Spirit returned to the kingdom of heaven, returned to God, returned and was with all that were saved, that whole great multitude that God brought out of great tribulation, the Holy Spirit was with them. But it was not with the world. It was not going about the world. It, it was not doing anything like that it, in any way. Uh, there, there was no deliverance. The, the Holy Spirit ceased all operation. And once we understand that, we can see why it was that right after May 21, 2011, uh, it, it wasn't really that long. It was really a matter of days before the people of God began to understand it was a spiritual judgment and we were not to evangelize the earth anymore. We were not to proclaim the gospel unto salvation any longer. We were not to encourage people to seek the Lord or, or to cry for mercy in the sense that God might save them at that time after the day when the door shut. And that has continued now for years. We're, we're several years after that beginning day of judgment. And it, it continues on where the people of God are steadfastly um, and like-minded, those who approach the Bible in a similar way that the Bible is the authority, that we compare Scripture with Scripture to arrive at our conclusions. The people of God, God's elect, continue to declare the door is shut, there's no salvation. In other words, we're saying the Holy Spirit is not working in the world to perform salvation. There's no operation of the Holy Spirit of God and we're saying exactly what the historical parable of the flood, once the door shut, portrayed, and that is the dove was on board with all that were delivered and not with those outside. And that is what continues to be proclaimed. It continues to be declared by the Bible. Well, now... Let's ask the question at this point, And remember, we saw that God sort of took another tact. He, he gave the picture of the 150 days, the five months, everything with the breath of life is dead. And that relates to Revelation 9 and the overall period of judgment, which is likened to five months. And uh, that is the five months typifies the complete judgment all the way to the end. But now where the Lord is focused after that 150 days or five months, the Lord is focused on the elect and their experience inside the ark for the remaining time that uh, that will fill out the year from the start of the flood to finally when they come out of the vessel and onto dry land. And so it's it's not saying there's time after the five months 
or there's another stage of judgment, but it's just indicating this particular truth that everyone's dead. And spiritually, that is the case. Once God shut the door of heaven, for all intents and purposes, he slew all the wicked, and he slew the cursed creation. God has destroyed everything. It's just a matter of the actual outworking of time for it to finally complete. But after that 150 days, again, the focus is on God's elect that are being tried, who are going through a baptism that relates to the tableau of appearing before the judgment seat of Christ. And there is this language of the sending forth of the dove. Now, the dove's the Holy Spirit. The dove comes flying out the window. It goes forth, it flies around, and it finds, uh, as it says in verse 9, the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. And we wonder, what's the point of that? What's the point of that? It, here's um, Noah, a picture of Christ, the dove, a type of the Holy Spirit. It, is it like a dry run? Uh, it, you know, uh, why would the Holy Spirit go forth and return and seemingly accomplish nothing? Well, what's in view, though, when the dove goes out of the window of the ark and flies around? It's flying on the face of the waters, isn't it? That's all that's there is waters. And what does that remind us of? Well, it reminds us of what we read in the beginning of the creation of the first world, our earth and universe, back in Genesis chapter 1. It says in verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So, in the beginning, when God first created, he created this, this material, this substance, but it was, it was dark, there was darkness upon the face of the deep, and uh, God had not yet said, let there be light, as he did initially, remember? And then a few days later, he created the light keepers, the sun, moon, and stars, and attached the light he had already created to those light keepers. So this is even before the light was created. Let there be light. Before that, there is the creation that is without form and void and dark. And... You know, it's interesting how we read in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 4, in the setting or in the context of God's judgment on the corporate church. And and it says in Jeremiah 4, verse 22, For my people is foolish. They have not known me. They are sottish children. And they have none understanding. They are wise to do evil. But to do good, they have no knowledge. I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void, and the heavens, and they had no light. See how that's similar to Genesis 1, verse 2. 
darkness upon the face of the deep. It's before light was created. And things are without form. God has not yet uh, worked. It, it, he's, he's the potter. We're the clay. We know as men. Well, at that point, the whole earth is the clay. And, and God has to mold it. He has to shape it and form it. And he, he does proceed uh, one day to the next for the first six days. He worked and created. But initially, everything is created. It's as though, uh, you know, you're, you're, uh, at a construction site and the truck backs up and unloads the material. This is what all the construction workers are going to work with to build their building. But first of all, you have to get uh, all all the material, all the substance that the construction workers and uh, overseen by their engineers are going to use to create or to build the building. And and so God has the substance. He creates and he brought something from nothing. He, he spoke it into being and created it. But it was without form and void and it was dark. There was darkness. Well, when God brings a judgment, which is what we find in Jeremiah 4, and you can read the chapter and the chapter before it and the chapter after it for several chapters, and it's language concerning the judgment on Judah of old, which in turn is a judgment on the corporate church during the Great Tribulation. And God relates that judgment to the beginning, the beginning when there was darkness and things were without form and void. And we wonder, why does he do that? Well, we can see why he speaks of no light, because when God brings a judgment, as he did on the corporate church, what is the characteristic of the judgment? It is the putting out of the lights of the gospel. The Holy Spirit comes out of the midst and the gospel lights go out, leaving the corporate church for the great tribulation when the church age ended and up until today, completely dark, void, See, without form and void and dark. And it's an empty place because God's Spirit has departed out of the midst. And it lacks form because it takes the Spirit of God to mold and and, and to uh, bring things together and to build. Because God is the potter. He's the creator. So when God leaves the corporate body, it sort of reverts back to um, a condition found at the very beginning of time when God created the heavens and the earth. Well, we also find that kind of language that we just saw in Jeremiah 4 is not limited to God's judgment on the church. In Isaiah 34 which is a chapter that is not hard to um, to identify as the judgment on the world because it has verses like verse 8, it is the day of Jehovah's vengeance, or verse 9 speaks of brimstone and, and pitch. 
and and so forth. You, you can read the chapter and you'll see clearly the final judgment of mankind's in view. But then we read in verse 11, but the Camorrant and the bittern shall possess it. That is, this world that has come under the wrath of God and has been made desolate. It, it is, it has been burned and, and its smoke goes up forever and ever. And, and so the world that has experienced the judgment of God, the Camorrant and the bittern shall possess it. The owl also and the raven shall dwell in it. And we talked about that a little bit when we saw the raven was the first um, fowl, the, a fowl of the air that, that Noah released into the world through the window. And that was to typify that the world is desolate. And in a desolate world, raven and owls and unclean birds are the ones that dwell in it. It's the cage for every unclean animal, as it says of Babylon. But it goes on to say, after saying, The raven shall dwell in it, and he shall stretch out upon it the line of confusion. And that word, it's 8414 in Strong's Concordance. The line of confusion is a translation of the same Hebrew word translated as without form. And then it goes on in the next part of verse 11, the last part, uh, he shall stretch out upon it the line of confusion and the stones of emptiness. And the word emptiness is the Hebrew word, 9.22, that's translated as void in both Genesis 1-2 and Jeremiah 4.23. So, the same two words, without form and void, are used in connection with the world that uh, has experienced the day of Jehovah's vengeance, fire and brimstone, and the smoke is ascending up forever. The raven dwells in it, and God is the one who will stretch out upon it that which is without form and the stones that are void or empty. In, in other words, it has reverted back to the beginning stage of creation. The beginning stage. That was the condition of the world. And, and also, of course, uh, the, the darkness applies because we know immediately after the tribulation, the sun was darkened. The moon did not give its light and the stars fell. And, and so the exact same spiritual things that, that fit Jeremiah 4 and the judgment on the church apply to Isaiah 34 and the judgment on the world. And it's all figure, of course. It, it's, it, it's as though God is saying when he judges the world, when he darkens the world, when the Holy Spirit comes out of the world and, and leaves it, it, it in a mess spiritually, it, it's as though it's been returned to a state that is without form, and that is empty or void. In other words, it needs to be worked upon. Now, if we go back to Genesis 1 again, in Genesis 1, 2, verse 2, And the earth was without form and void, 
and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now notice the next statement in verse 2. And it says, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And and almost immediately following, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And the creation starts. The creation is underway. But we think, let there be light is the first movement towards getting the creation underway. But is it? Or is it the statement, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters? Is that laying the the groundwork? Is that what must come first before there can be light, before God can start placing um, the celestial lights in the sky and, and doing all the things we see that he he did do over the course of the next six days that he created. And see, that's the figure, that's the picture back in Genesis. First, the, the world, the, this present creation must be returned to a condition that is without form and void and, and dark because that's the beginning point before doing the work of creation. God returns it to that initial stage and it's it's as though the the putty or the clay is all ready now and and you you have it as you need it to be in order to begin forming and molding and 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 making a new earth and a new heaven. You see, what follows Judgment Day? What comes after the um, phase that we're in now? And the, the answer is the end of the world and a new heaven and a new earth. There's, there's no more eras, no more epochs, no more additions. It's Judgment Day. We've gone beyond the church age. We've gone beyond the great tribulation. We've progressed and entered into the day of judgment and will continue until the day of judgment, a prolonged period of time, completes. And once it completes, then God creates. And there's a new heaven and new earth. And, and so we know God will do that. And we know God We'll do that with a snap of a finger in an instant. Yet God is relaying that to us. He is really encouraging us. He's letting us know that when Noah sends forth the dove out of the window of the ark and the dove flies around for a while until it got tired or until it realized it better get back because it would be too tired to make the flight home. It it returns to the ark. It, it's almost as though God is saying to us who are reading this and who have spiritual eyes to understand the deeper spiritual significance of these things, it's close. It's very close. Close at hand. 
You're on the right track. The Holy Spirit is going forth. The Spirit's moving upon the face of the waters as the dove flies around. And things are in the dark, presently without form and void. But very soon, very soon, the work of recreation, the work of restoring the earth will commence. For instance, let's go to Psalm 104. Psalm 104, and I'll start reading in verse 29. Thou hidest thy face, they are troubled. Now, when we read about God hiding his face, that identifies with judgment day, or judgment in general. For instance, Isaiah 54 Verse 7, for a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment. But with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith Jehovah thy Redeemer. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. And see how the Lord also relates the hiding of his face in uh, in the day of judgment to his elect people um to the flood of the waters of noah but but that's not why we're here when god says he hides his face it identifies with wrath so in psalm 104 verse 29 thou hidest thy face that is you pour out your wrath they are troubled thou takest away their breath they die and return to the dust. Exactly what happened to everyone outside the ark. Everyone with the breath of life died. God took away their breath. And then in verse 30, Thou sendest forth thy spirit. They are created. And thou renewest the face of the earth. Now, yes, it, this has a, a general uh, working out. God uh, renews things in, in season during the spring. God's the one who continues to um, create creatures, to create human beings in the womb, and they come forth. But, but deeper than that, we can see with the sending forth of the dove, Noah, type of Christ, sends forth the dove, the Holy Spirit, and it says in Psalm 104.30, They'll send us forth thy spirit. They are created. All the way back in Genesis 1, there's the spirit moving upon the face of the waters. And it'll be the spirit as well as the word. It's the Godhead that creates, that speaks and creates the first creation. But it'll be the spirit of God that creates the new heaven and new earth, the eternal creation to come. And so they are created, and thou renewest the face of the earth. You see, that's what's in view. Uh, that's why the dove goes forth, flies around. It basically, all is set, all's prepared, but the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot. Well, uh, Lord willing, in our next Bible study, we'll see why that statement has great significance and how it fits into the whole idea of renewing the earth, of, of recreating 
for creating the new heaven and new earth to come. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.